Generation X drinking from the garden hose. Generation X staying out till the streetlights went on. Yeah, the same old cliches we hear over and over again. But what if, what if we took 30 minutes, just half an hour out of your day, and brought to you a boy and a girl, two kids growing up in Los Angeles, in the San Fernando Valley in the 70s and 80s. What if we gave you just a little bit of insight on what it was really like? Maybe, just maybe, you have some of the same memories as we do. All right, let's see. Let's find out. Thanks for listening to Gen X Talks, and here we go. All right, let's do it. Making plans with the boys. I'm going to hit the town. Okay, well, if this damn thing is working correctly, we don't have Gen Z kid here today. He has COVID. Ugh. How did you let him get COVID? Aren't you in charge of that? I didn't let him get COVID. Uh, COVID came into our house. Okay. Oh, so it's my fault. Security <laughs> measures are my fault. So I was going to blame you for being the nurse of the family, and it's your fault. But I'm, now it's my fault for security failed. I'm getting tired of saying COVID, though. Why can't we just say he's sick? He's sick. Okay. Let's just say that. He is sick, but... He also tested positive for COVID. Well, we had to test because our daughter has to be tested for work. And yeah. if that, there's work protocols. So Plus, that's how that happened. Yeah. And he's in summer school too. Oh yeah, that's too. Okay. So what I'm, what I'm getting at. But we're not at, talking about him. No, we're not. What I'm getting at here is that um, I'm running the switchboard. And normally this new switchboard that we've got, the kid runs it. So I think it's working. The counter's going. The numbers look good. I mean, you can always say, hey, I did the best I could. <laughs> We're going to do things a little bit different today. Um, I would like to pretend that I'm interviewing Gen X Mom, but I'm also going to be chiming in with some with some side notes as I was there also. <laughs> That's so, true. Let me uh, just to back For part up. Part of little, it. Yeah, I was. Um, to back up just a little bit, recently, um, your mother passed away last month or two months ago. Yes, she did. Um, and, and and two since months already, almost, wow. yeah. And we've you know that we've been dealing with a little bit of stuff in that area for off and on for years now. So instead of dwelling on the difficult things like that with my grandfather passing and your father stuff like that, I want to go back to a happier time. I want to go back to what it was like for you and I, mainly you. I want to talk about what it was like. Being a Gen X kid in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles County, just a couple of couple of miles over the hill from, hill from downtown LA. Let me just let's just walk through some of that because it really was a special time, and we didn't know it. No, no, we just thought it, we thought everybody lived that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, <clears throat> as the interviewer, and you are the interviewee, okay. let me um, go back and ask you what it was like growing up in the 70s and 80s in the San Fernando Valley with your parents, the rules, what freedoms do you remember, things that, things that we probably couldn't, our kids couldn't get away with now. Well, let's start off with where I fit into my family, first of all. That'll explain okay. a lot of sure. how I grew up. So, my parents were on the older end of being um, a 
they're silent generation, yeah, I believe. Are. Yeah, that's between so, that's between boomer and greatest. It's an odd it's an odd place to be. It is. My parents were married in uh, August of 1953, so I have a an older brother and sister. My sister's 12 years older than me. My brother is 14 years older than me. They were born in the 50s, so that makes them boomers. Boomers, yeah. So, so you have boomer siblings. Exactly. So thinking back on that. When I was born, I was born June 6, 1968, in the 60s. So by then, my brother and sister were getting ready to start high school. Yeah. So their music, their culture kind of surrounded my younger years. Well, it filled the whole house, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were bopping around the house from the time I was about, you know, when I was born till... My brother moved out when I was 10. So that really influenced a lot of my music listening and just things going on. Well, let me ask on. you this. How close were you back then? How close were you with your brother? I was very close to my brother. My oh, brother yeah. and I used to go. He used to take me everywhere because I was the chick magnet. <laughs> Think about it. You have a five-year-old little sister running around, and he's taking care yeah. of me somewhat. Um, <laughs> well, what so, the girls would see is like, oh, look at him. He's so sweet taking care of his little sister. What a great guy. Yeah, but I also bugged him a lot, too, because my brother used to flip cars a lot. Back in the day, you could get a clunker car for you know, a couple hundred bucks and he'd fix it up. But one of the cars that he had was a van and you might know the year. I don't remember the year, but it was raised in the back and lowered in the front. It was a typical mid seventies Chevy <laughs> van. Yeah. yeah. It had the engine between the two front seats and that was before seat belts. So this five-year-old little girl would sit right there yeah, they on called the engine. That the dog house for the engine cover, engine cover. Yeah. Ah, well, that's where I used to sit and I used to slip <laughs> and slide all over the place. And then um, I can't remember if it was in that van or my brother's Datsun truck that he had that I started playing with his uh, uh, tassel that he got when he graduated. So I started kindergarten. Wait, gradu oh, the, graduated the, high school. Yeah, with a little tassel with a year yeah. on it. Okay. I was in kindergarten when my brother graduated high school. So think of that. That is an eight. Yeah. that. There's 14 years. We're going to get to how that happened later. So, But anyways, the story goes is that I did piss him off this one time where I was flipping around his uh, tassel in the car and it flipped right out the window onto the freeway and he was very <laughs> angry with me. Did, so, did he try to go get it? He did. We pulled off on the side of the road as he's screaming at me and he gets and plays Frogger across the freeway <laughs> and he got the tassel. But he didn't talk to me the rest of the time. So that was funny. But on the flip side of that, I used to travel with my brother because during that time, the Beach Boys were big. Yeah. My brother listened to the Beach Boys. I could probably sing you every single Beach Boys song. And I would travel with him down to the beach and watch him surf. And here's this little Gen X girl. Five, Five years six, old, sitting seven on years, the beach. <laughs> sitting on the beach while my brother's out in the waves surfing, and he just left me there. I mean, it was it was safe back then. It was then. a different time. Do you remember it what was. beaches he went to? I probably went to all over, but do you remember any? Oh, we went to Zuma. We went to Point Doom. We were down in San Diego because my grandparents lived down there, and we were in La Jolla. He, any Beach Boy song that has all those little he surfing went. things, yeah. he tried to go to all of them. I so, got you. Yeah. All right, so let's go to your sister. How close were you to your older sister? Um, we were close, but not as close as my brother. The funny thing about her is that she was always stuck having to babysit most of the time. My brother would 
babysit if there was a girl involved, but um, <laughs> my sister would. And there's one thing that stands out is that I was often taken on dates with my sister. Now, wait a second. <laughs> You went on a date with your sister? Yes, because she'd have to babysit, but if it fell on date night, like she had a date with a guy, I ended up going with her. And one stands out as I went to a miniature golf place with her and her date. Wow. <laughs> so different times, different things. I was, yeah, I was clearly. brought up so differently during that time. Okay, so how did it become, if there's a family story? You can you don't have to be specific. It's If it's something you don't want to say, how did you end up being born 12 years later? You're going to tell me that was planned? They were planning oh, no, on having that you? that was not planned. My mom, up until the day she died, told me that the day she found out I was pregnant, or she was pregnant, sorry. <laughs> um, well, let's, let's go back. Okay. She had a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old, and my mom and dad were pretty much free. Yeah, Think about it. They were done. At that time, you could leave those kids home. Yeah. And go out. My parents were living it up. It was in their early 30s and they were starting to go out and they had friends and everything. And all of a sudden, mom gets pregnant and she cried. She told me <laughs> till the day she she died that she cried. How do you tell your daughter out. that? I, was, I cried when I found that I was pregnant with At you. At first, it used to bother me, but then I laughed because it just became you a big, it. huge joke okay. and it was funny. And then, you know, they also always said that I kept them young because I was always bopping around. Oh, you were active for sure. Very active. So, yeah. Okay. So would you say growing up then now you, now your dad was older, like you said, you had older parents. Would you say you were a daddy's girl or a mommy's girl? Uh, Definitely a daddy's girl because when I went into school, um, my mom went back to work Mm. and she worked um, an eight to five job, but she worked in downtown Los Angeles. So, you know, when she got off at five o'clock, she didn't get home until like six. And my dad at the time worked for Lockheed down in Burbank in the skunks works department. And he had been working there for quite a few years and had a little more leeway of coming and going. So when I got out of school... Um, I was still a latchkey kid at times because he didn't always come to the bus stop or whatever, but I'd walk home by myself and let myself in the door and he'd be home within like the hour or so. Now your dad was in Lockheed Skunk Works. He was part of the SR-71 project, right? That is correct. So he knew a ton of stuff. And by then the the SR-70 was up and moving. It was. It It was during the Cold War. It wasn't being designed anymore. His job was kind of just fixing things as it went along, right? His design? Um, pretty much. They, okay, they so he kept, did have some free time then. Yeah, there's there's many models of the SR-71. There's a right. single-seater, a double-seater. So they were always modifying and, and doing different things to the plane. So that's what he was working on. So he wasn't always in Burbank at the time. He would be flown out to different locations. But he was pretty... He, he was only gone for the day. Did so. he ever go to Area 51? He always answered maybe. <laughs> and, I, and to me, maybe <laughs> means yes. <laughs> So he obviously so, didn't tell you anything. That, no, he couldn't. He you know, this interview could really catapult Gen X Talks if you have some inside information <laughs> for Area 51. Let's just say he's been there. <laughs> Let's just say that. He's been there. And But see, you know how you grow up as a kid and everybody swaps stories of, so what does your dad do? Right. What does your dad do? All I could say was that my dad worked for Lockheed. I, I didn't know what a flight engineer was. What is yeah. a flight test engineer? I have no idea. Not in my friends didn't know what it was. I just said he worked for Lockheed. And then years later, I found out what he did. But things because of that kind of restricted what we did as a family. Family vacations yeah, didn't were... Didn't you say there was some security risk if he would leave the country because yes, of what he knew? Yes. We did go to Canada. 
we've ne- we never got to go to Mexico and we never went out of the country to Europe because it was during the Cold War. Right. I mean, there were some issues and if my dad would have got caught, there could have yeah. been some problems. So they wouldn't let him go. So we, we hung you out know, in the I United gotta States. I got to tell you, I never considered that, you know, knowing uh, hundreds of people had your, your dad's classified clearance in different areas, more than that, thousands probably, but... I never considered the United States saying, hey, you can't go to Europe. Hey, you can't. I see why. Yeah. I completely see why, but it never crossed my mind. It's like, hey, you got a great job, but sorry, you're, there's places you're not going to go. Things yeah, you're and I'm sure, go. I mean, my mom and dad were fine with it, but here's this bratty little teenager that I kept going, let's go, let's go. I want to go to Europe. <laughs> I want to go to Europe. And hearing no, 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 you know, you kind of get tired of it. But when I got older and he started he retired um, right after I graduated high school. So we, he started opening a little bit more, and that's when they retired the SR-71. So he was able to talk about it. And then he kind of told me why we couldn't go to Europe. Right. And then it understood. But, you know, when you're well, 10, 11, 12. No, nah, you don't care. <laughs> I don't care what he does for a living. It's like, you, why can't we go? Well, you know, you, you talk about um, people, the kids and nowadays, their generations now, they always talk about looking back on, on our generations. So... Um, there was there was uh, things that I didn't appreciate back then was like being able to I know I know the cliches we drank from hoses and we stayed out till the street lights get on all right that's been on every meme for the last twenty years but the things that I remember doing that I can't believe we can't do now and how what a privilege it was back then for me was just like riding my bike all the way across the I could go I could go twenty miles yeah my mom just said be home at dinner time well. I I I would ride to every friend's house I could for in a ten mile radius on my bike. I'd be swimming in pools at neighbors' houses. She never yeah. knew where I was, you know, eating eating late lunches at a, at a at a at a house of a friend. I just made that friend at a park, and there we were at his house having lunch. Never thought anything. Wouldn't of do it. that nowadays. And we could walk and go do stuff. Um, and you had, you, we had ice cream trucks, which we still do today, but boy, they don't no. look like the ice cream trucks back so then. So back where I grew up on the street, that is actually the same house my mom and dad have lived in, well, my mom, for 60 years, if you can believe that. Yeah. I don't even think people, well, there's probably some. But Your this childhood was the, home is still my there. My childhood home is still there. It was the one house they bought and the one house that they both passed away in, which I think is very cool. We never moved. This is the only house my brother, sister, and I have ever known. Right. But when we, when I grew up there, and, and my brother and sister would have a totally different experience, but there was this dirt lot. When you got to the end of these houses, there was a dirt lot that you can go diagonally to the main intersection right. where there was a liquor store on one corner, a little quickie mart on the other corner. And that's where we would walk and to go get ice cream. that was pretty close to your house, right? That was, yeah. not, it was a block away or so. block or two, yeah. It was like a little just, you know, in the neighborhood ho- house and or store. Right. And I know what you're saying, yeah. We would walk up there. And, you know, there are many times that I was sent to the liquor store, like 10, 11, 12 years old, to pick up liquor. I mean, the um, my dad knew the owner. And my dad would, you know, put an order in. And I'd go up and pick it and walk, pick up the order and walk home. How many kids? You can't do that nowadays. No. You can't. Did you ever have now? I Okay, I grew up on Latuna Canyon Road. And you guys, can anybody out there can look it up. And... Um, Right before, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I don't remember this. Maybe it transitioned right as I was a small child, but um, my grandparents, because they lived, that's where I lived, was with my grandparents mostly growing up, off and on, you know, in, in younger years. Did you ever have a bread truck in your neighborhood that delivered pastries and bread, or did you ever have 
the milkman service is the one I'm talking about. They actually had a milkman that would bring yeah. um, they would bring eggs and milk and butter and cheese to your doorstep. Yeah. Now this one will get you. My grandmother says. Well, she says, well, sometimes we weren't home. Sometimes we were doing something, and you know, George the milkman would, would, would bring our stuff up, and he'd let himself into the house, <laughs> and he'd put the milk and the yeah. butter in the fridge. He wouldn't leave it outside. George knew not to leave it outside. Now was a time when you could leave your doors unlocked, and the, guy, the, the milkman guy, no problem, and no one would be mad. They would be thankful and grateful. Yeah, there's a couple things that just came to mind about that. One is we had a swamp cooler growing up. We didn't have central air or uh, air conditioner. So many nights all night long, we would have the screen doors open. The house would be completely open at night and we'd be sleeping for the cool breeze. The other thing is, is that the milkman bread man was kind of going away as I was growing up. So the funny flip side of that is the Altadena Dairy. I knew you were going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't very far from our house, which was a drive-through. Like you can go yeah. drive through and you can get your milk and your eggs and your things. And my brother worked at the Altadena Dairy. <laughs> that was the thing that we know when my grandmother and my mother would talk about the milkman. I don't remember that. Maybe the last the last few times they did that maybe I was a baby. Yeah. But what I do remember, and th- these are gone now too for the most part was at the Altadena Dairy. You could drive up and you drive right under the awning. You'd roll down your window. The guy would walk out. Yeah. What do you need? I'll oh, give me two gallons of milk. Well, my brother was that guy. <laughs> and, and, and actually, it was right near the Burbank Airport. I can tell you exactly where it was. It was Sherman Way in Vineland. It was an Altadena Dairy right there. And right. that right near the runway were the cows. They were right there. I remember really? Seeing the cows right by the runway, it was a section of land with the Altadena Dairy right there. My brother worked on it, for, worked there for many wow. years. So I remember those. You know, one thing that I saw one of, um, and this was in the center of the San Fernando Valley. You, the, I, I've I've seen a lot of pictures since then. They used to have a little grocery store in the middle of a neighborhood. Oh yeah, just in the middle of a residential neighborhood. You'd you'd be strolling around in one corner had an, a little bit larger of a building than a house, like a two-story, and it was a local market. And I remember, now the one that we went into had been converted, because now it's the 70s, it's the, the 40s, 30s and 40s are long gone, um, but they would. it was a meat market, so my dad would go there for his local meats, and there was a few things in there, you know, a little convenience right. store, but that was, they really had those, they really had yeah. neighborhood markets where you could just walk in and say my mom sent me with this list they'd run a tab they'd (laughs) write it down on an envelope and at the end of the week your dad would come by and pay the tab for the family my mom and dad grew up like that back in chicago they had that because there was always a my grandparents owned a hardware store and so they had the hardware store and lived above it and then you went somewhere somewhere else for the bread store but growing up um i do remember so um, Gen X dad has said that I'm 100% Hungarian. Don't yes. ask me how my parents found out, but they found out there was a little market, Hungarian market store in Burbank in the middle of houses. I don't know. It must have been by word of mouth that they found Had it. Had to have been, yeah. And we would go regularly because you could buy Hungarian bread and Hungarian sausage all and sweet. And it was so tiny. <laughs> all those neighborhood places are gone. No, I think it's still there. Well, most of them are gone. Yeah. A lot of those, a lot of that era has been swallowed up now you can drive around through neighborhoods and you can recognize some small buildings that used to be those things but they're all gone they're you know they've swallowed up by supermarkets they were called you know they don't call them that anymore 
No. When we were kids, they're like, hey, do you want to go to the supermarket? Because well, that was a big thing. That was like our Costco. Well, yeah. When they just started, <laughs> Ralph's was a supermarket. Yeah. Safeway was a supermarket. I just figured that's what they were called. I had no idea that somebody named it supermarket because they were 12 times as big as these little mom. You know, I get yeah. it now, but. That Hungarian market was, my mom and dad knew the owner by name. He was an older man when I was a little kid. But as far as I know, right before my mom passed away, she said the son took it over. So my, as far as I know. My parents knew the name of every place they went. Yeah. If they had a bread store, if they had a, if they had a butcher, they knew everybody by <laughs> name there at every place. Here's another one, not far from the house with a pharmacy. And it's still there called Stan Fred drugstore or Stan Fred, Fred pharmacy right. and guess who the pharmacists were Stan, Stan and, and Fred <laughs> and it's still there now when I drive down that's there. old school that's yeah. that's that's way back when. but we used to go to the five and dime we used to call Woolworths the, the five, five and dime and yeah. we used to go, go there. ahead they don't the, have everyone that. who's listening now we have the dollar store everyone who's a kid listening go ahead and leave press pause go look up what five and dime is then you can come back and hang out with us <laughs> old people because you don't know what a five and dime is oh, that was our dollar store what was your favorite ice cream off the ice cream truck as a kid Ooh, probably a snow cone when yeah. i was little yeah, I didn't get to do the ice cream truck that often. You know, I think about, I was going through some stuff. You know, you, you look at all the memes that come out now and people our age, they write these things and they 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 make fun of our childhood, rightly so. <laughs> you know, just like my, I remember the first time we all, my friends and I, we all went to the ice cream truck and there we sat. After the ice cream truck left, we all found a shady spot and we were arguing yeah. who was going to eat the Pop Rocks and drink the Coke first. Because <laughs> you knew that yeah. w- your stomach was going to explode and you knew if you ate Pop Rocks. I mean, who... Who who invented Pop Rocks? That's some guy who said sugar's not good enough. Let's make it explode. explode. <laughs> so, yeah. I remember summers in the valley growing up on that street. Oh, my gosh. It was so much fun. I mean, it, when it got really hot, I was the neighborhood person that had, had the pool. You had a pool, yeah. So as soon as my parents let me go, and I have a funny story about this, I would run to every kid on the street and go, let's go. Let's go in the pool. I would gather about 10 kids, and we'd yep. all go jump in. But here's the kicker. My mom was the one that was sometimes home, and my mom didn't know how to swim, and she was our lifeguard. <laughs> so think of that wait, one. Wait, wait. How did your mom have <laughs> and dad have a pool, but your mother didn't know how to swim? She didn't want the pool. My dad loved the pool. He was a swimmer, and my mom let him have a pool. <laughs> but we didn't know for years that my mom did not know how to swim, but she had about 10 kids in the backyard. Would that be allowed today? <laughs> no. Probably not. That's a lawsuit waiting to happen yeah, today. But we did, and none of us drowned. Can you imagine? Nobody drowned, and Amazing. we didn't have a fence around the pool. No, I know. Isn't the weirdest thing? How you, let's see. Oh, back then we were jumping off of roofs. The stuff we would do in the pool was insane. And, and I remember lived. running down the street barefoot in like 105 degree heat and not worrying, don't care, no. just run. Yeah, I remember all those things. The yeah. other one was that they were talking about Pop Rocks and Coke would make. That was a, an urban legend that we were all scared of. You know, the other one that scared the hell out of me when I was little was don't eat the watermelons. <laughs> I was just gr- thinking about they'll that. They'll grow in your stomach. Yeah. And I remember laying awake at night at six years old thinking that there's going to be vines <laughs> coming out of my mouth by morning, you know, because that was one thing. And the other one was, what's it? What, don't swim 30, you have to wait 30 swim, minutes yeah, 30 before minutes you after swim. you eat because you'll cramp up and sink to the bottom of Did the pool. Did that ever happen? Not no. <laughs> well, every time that I would eat, too, eat and swim too soon, I figured I just got lucky. 
I know. Uh, well, it could have happened to me, but I got lucky. I got away with it. That All was the lies our parents told us. The strangest stuff that we went through, but they told us lies to keep us in order. And like, we don't do it to our kids. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Of course not. We're saints. So. Well... So there you are. You're growing up in the San Fernando Valley in L.A., and now you have all these freedoms that the kids can't have today. You can do all these things. There was all of these foods that just had pure sugar, no preservatives, all the, the hyped-up stuff that you could find and you could do. You could have friends over with no lifeguard, go swimming. Yeah. Now, you're, and my parents did the same thing, and my grandparents did, because I grew up a lot of my uh, younger years with my grandparents, which were similar to your parents. Like, I, when I say I grew up with them... <laughs> I like spent every night there and went to, how, how many times did you get stuck watching old person TV? Oh, every <laughs> night. All my friends are talking about cool shows like Battlestar Galactica and, you know, the $6 million man. And I'm like, well, did you guys see the MASH episode? <laughs> yeah. Or Saturday <laughs> night was Lawrence Welk show yeah. and Mitch Miller's orchestra. And it was dance night. My and mom we, and dad would dance. And on I, Saturday night. And I would say, hey, I'm going to tell my grandpa, it's time for bed. And they say, what, you're not going to stay up for Johnny? Johnny Carson? I know. <laughs> All right, I'll stay up for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm Mash six years was old. one, Archie Bunker. Rockford uh, Files. Rockford Files. My uh, dad even watched Benny Hill, which I was not allowed to watch, just so you know. That was a little risque back then, but my dad used to watch it. Every time. Yeah, I wanted to watch Benny Hill when I was a kid, but um, anytime a show like Benny Hill would come on, and if it was something like you say risque, my grand my grandparents would always pretend whatever it is I wasn't allowed to watch, that that was beneath them, you know. Like oh, Benny Hill. Oh, you don't want you don't want to watch that 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 show and those kind of people. That's that's beneath that, us. I'm no, like, my oh, dad okay. just kicked me out of the room. That was it. Oh, well, it was just no. bye. Well, my grandparents tried to tell me. Try, you're better than that, is what they'd say. Better oh, than gosh. what? The kids, the, Benny Hill's got chicks around him all the time. I, I want to be that guy. What are you kidding me? Better than him. My dad thought that show was hilarious. And my, pa- my grandparents weren't even rich. You know, come to look at their there's middle classes you can get. You say you're better than them? What you yeah. Kidding? My dad, I think my dad liked women too because he used to watch the Dolly Parton show. And Dolly <laughs> Parton was one of his favorites. That's funny. I just remember that just now. Well, and I will tell you this, that you, when you said you were a daddy's girl, and I, I've known you my whole life. Yes. And been married to you for a great portion of it. Um, you, I will tell you, your dad taught you a lot. You must have followed him around as a kid to the hardware store. Everywhere. Any, anywhere you went, because you knew how to how to test I should have been a boy. (laughs) I think my dad wished I was a boy. All except for this marriage part. I would have had a problem with that, (laughs) just so you know. Um, But you knew how to test a vacuum tube for a TV. Remember TVs had tubes? Yes. You knew how to do that. Yes. There's a ton of stuff you know that girls just do not know. I used to go to the hardware store all the time with him. All the time. And ask questions. I was always asking questions. Or if he was working on the car, I was squatted down right next to him asking him questions about the car. When I was able to drive, it was a 68 VW Bug, which was really simple to work on. And he taught me how to change the oil and change a tire on yeah. it and do the basics. And, oh, and, and do you remember you. when the when the um, uh, clutch cable used to come <laughs> off? <laughs> yep. Um, he taught me how to fix that, too. So I was, yeah, I was pretty well-rounded with that. You and he's the one that taught me how to play ball. I mean. And it wasn't, it was just, you could tell that you were a daddy's girl. Not a spoiled daddy's girl. You weren't. You weren't um, like, you know, some foo-foo wearing a dress, you know, spoiled, put her up on a horse and give her horseback riding lessons and ballerine lessons. No, um, I was down and dirty yeah, you in were the down dirt. And dirt with him. <laughs> um, yeah. But that came, that showed through with, I was amazed at how much music you knew. 
Yeah. Uh, because I knew it because my again, my grandparents they right. taught me everything like that. But you knew some there was Frank Sinatra songs you yes. could sing all the way through beginning to end. Yeah, it was floating around the house. There was always music around the house. My parents danced. They did Saturday night. <laughs> my parents used to polka. Um, back in the day, Saturday nights at St. Mary's That's in the so Valley. And we used to go and sit and my parents would do that on Saturday night. That was their date night. And I would have to go and sit at the table or I'd have to get up and poke. <laughs> I, I had to go sit through square dancing. Yeah. See, it they was a big thing. Every Wednesday night. And I had to go sit through that as a kid. Yeah. I was just thinking about something. Oh, I just forgot it. Oh, about baseball. You know, back then they didn't have girls sports back then. You didn't no. get on a, a little league team as a girl it was all boy related back then but my dad was always playing softball all the time right even when I got out of school he would pick me up we'd run home change clothes and go to the park and my dad would have a softball game well being around that I would get out on the field and I'd throw and he started teaching me how to throw so by the time I got into my freshman year of high school I made the varsity softball team and played for four years you were ready I was ready, but I had never played organized sports prior to that. And, you know, if it was a different time, I could have probably played college ball. Your dad did something cool with you. Now, remember I told you your dad, your parents and my grandparents, very similar age. So, so you, you went polka dancing. I went square dancing. (laughs) You learned softball. I learned badminton. (laughs) There I was 12 years old, mopping the floor with these old women down at the, at the community rec hall where they had their time slotted and I'm out there just diving for everything and they're, they're I mean, <laughs> and I'm one teenage boy with all these women in their 50s and I'm, I'm that's Well, I was thing. always telling you sports was always around because my dad, Jerry, rigged a volleyball net across the pool where one yep. side of the team was on the deep end side <laughs> and one side was on the shallow side and he Jerry rigged a, a net to go over the pool. Okay, so why, why, why was my grandfather with two rubber car tires filled with cement and two poles <laughs> yeah, in the backyard? Exactly. And I've got a badminton court. Now, why can I have some... I, do you think when I got into high school, I wanted to make varsity badminton? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, but it was great because it went from the wall to, like you said, like a PVC pipe in the grass. But right. then that net could also go across from the... The decking across the yard to the other wall for badminton or volleyball that direction. So we always had, we always were doing uh, croquet on the back lawn. We were always doing something. I mean, my dad always did something. Did you ever go to a block party? Did you ever attend a real block party? Not the parties were always at my house. We did. My parents always on our block. We had a real sandlot style block party. We lived at 7738 Allot Avenue, and uh, my parents have been gone from there for 30 years. But that block, they they got a permit from the city. They would put cones up, and everybody would wheel out their barbecues and their coolers, and they'd have games. Mm -hmm. It was a real thing. You had to get a ticket to go. The neighborhood, one of the neighborhood moms got all the other moms together. They made tickets, and they had little ribbon things for us. And we went to a real block party. We had real fireworks back then. Yeah. No, we did. We, uh, my parents always did the yearly Fourth of July parties. Everybody came. I mean, I've never seen so many people in our house on Fourth of July. All right, so let me let me wrap let me wrap this up in a bow and let's talk about one aspect of it. You and I just described way beyond drinking water out of a hose and coming in when the street lights come on and we've barely sc- scratched the surface. You and I could talk oh, for I can hours. Oh, I go for hours. I have this, one story I want to tell. This quick. life that we lived, this this time, this growing up in the 70s and 80s uh, in the San Fernando Valley in LA County. Um I, looking back, 
I don't think I realized how good I had it. No. I think I thought everybody was <laughs> yeah, doing this. Every that's school how I feel. from Nebraska to New York to I Texas. didn't realize how much freedom we had as kids. Like this is what I was gonna say. I got my license to drive on my sixteenth birthday. Right. And my parents just said, Here's your car. You get good grades because I couldn't work because I was so busy after yeah. school, during school, get good grades. You had sports. Yeah, I had sports. And so I did. I follow the rules. If you follow the rules, you get, you know, privileges. But I, I remember when I got my license, I was at the beach as much as I possibly could. And Two we, we drove yeah. like we we didn't have cell phones. I'd be gone all day. Yeah, I. Can you imagine that the first time you're driving alone and they're like, yeah, if you want to go to the beach, it's it's that way. <laughs> yeah, we west. just figured so it out and west, then we'd be gone all day. Head west until you hit water. And yeah. Then stop. <laughs> it was only like, hey, make sure you're at a lifeguard station and have fun. We did that at 16 years old. We were going down Canaan Dune Road as fast all, as we could time. heading to the one. Um, I, 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 I don't want to ever say that I wish our kids could have our childhood because by saying that, you're, you're implying theirs wasn't any good, okay? Yeah. I'm hoping, I want to, and we've, we've talked about all the things we've done for our kids with pool parties and barbecues and taking them places. Yeah. Do you think they're going to look back? Do you think kids that grew up, let's say, from, let's say from 2000 to 2010, let's say that was your childhood. Let's say that was the bulk of your childhood from 2000 to 2010. Do you think they're going to look? Our kids are going to look back on on those times with us, and they're going to think that they had a good childhood. Are they going to Are they going to wish they could go back to their childhood? Because we look at it like today's society is so oppressive and so dangerous that we're like, oh, I wouldn't want to grow up in this time. I wouldn't want to do. This. How but they don't know any different. Like they don't know how we grew up and the freedoms that we had. They didn't live it. So I'm sure they look back and go, yeah, we had a lot more freedoms than we do now because they're going to raise their kids totally different. Well, that's what I'm asking. Do you, I they wonder did. if they, some of our kids have children. Right. I wonder if they look at their children right now and think, boy, you're not going to have it as good as I did. Probably. I think I think every generation's like that. I really do. I think it we it are it it's kind of an overall umbrella that our freedoms are slowly being taken away as we look back. And when we look back, like we we see how we grew up and then how we raised our kids and right. now our grandkids and it's just it you can kind of see it. And I think it depends on where you live too. I, yeah. I would agree with that. Now, and, and by saying that, if you went back to the same neighborhoods that we lived in right now, I don't think they're nearly as great to grow up in as when we were. But if you move 60 miles away, maybe you would experience almost the exact same thing. Yeah, but I'm seeing a change since I spent all that time down at my mom's. You know, when I left there, got married, left, things were changing neighbors were moving right. uh, people were growing up the neighborhood started to be older they started to be older like my mom and it just kind of changed and changed and then um i'm seeing younger families um coming in coming in and there's little kids around the neighborhood now that i've been spending more time there so there's a switch there's a change like is you there, said is there's there a, kids coming back yes, to the neighborhood it's a younger and they're redoing the houses and i hope to someday go back to my childhood home and 
see what they've done to it. You know what? You know what? I, I look at even in our neighborhood. There was a five year, six year period where there was no kids. This this neighborhood yeah, we're in now here. used to have tons of kids riding all yeah. over, and then five or six years of nothing. And now, now they're chasing ice cream trucks down the road again. Yeah. You know, now they're starting to come back. I noticed that. So I got to see. I mean, I'm seeing the neighborhood change, and the young people are coming in. It's kind of it's really nice to see. So maybe there is a change happening. Well, I just want to. I like I said I kn- I know we got to cut this off here it's a short podcast but I We could pr- go on and, we could on, forever. and on but I I want I want everyone listening to know that um, my childhood was not perfect and at the time I thought I was being bossed around in too many chores If you ask my brother and sister out. I was spoiled so whatever Well I was the oldest you were the youngest I was, I was the, the oldest youngest. so I was the one you know they were training on yeah. <laughs> beating me up I would tell you my youngest brother had it had it easiest you yeah. know but I look back and through all the problems and things that we went through I I don't think I would trade my childhood in growing up in the 70s and 80s in the San Fernando Valley for anything I've maybe maybe the 50s yes maybe the 50s more towards LA at the beach areas and when LA was the 1940s and 1950s when downtown LA was beautiful maybe then maybe that time but I other than know. that other than that I like when I grew up I don't think I can find a time or a place that I would have enjoyed as much as I did with my childhood I had a really good childhood it was fun it was my parents were older so I had a few more things than my brother and sister had opportunities right. and um I loved it. If I could go back, I'd probably do it again. And not many people can say that. Not no, many people can say that they yeah. loved high school or those years or where they grew up, but I we would. We didn't even touch getting into junior high and high school. We barely no. scratched it from there. No. Well, listen, I just wanted you to remember um, your, your mother's, your parents are both gone now. Your mother yes. just recently passed. And so there's been a lot of memories that have come up for you and your brother and sister, especially lately between you and your brother. I cannot believe <laughs> how close you and your brother have become again. It's it, it, how often you guys talk on the phone or, yes. or, or, or Skype. I just it's, can't FaceTime. I can't believe what a, what a good result, a good thing, a good byproduct has come out of that. But I wanted you to also try to remember just a little bit that in the face of her passing, that she and your dad provided so much for you, the area, you know, the, the life, the times, the things they did in the traveling. I just wanted to touch on that because it was a big thing for both of us. And I, I, I went through the same things you did with older grandparents who raised me quite a bit. And um, I, I don't think I'll ever be able to, I don't be, I'll never be able to extend my gratitude towards my family the way I should. Now that I look and look back and go, wow, thank you for that. You know, it really was something special. Yes. So there's a lot of Gen X memories that, that are good. Yes, there is. Lots. All right. Well, that's it. I just, I know it's an odd podcast because the kid wasn't here to run everything and he wasn't involved. I know there was just, you don't always hear, uh, in fact, this is the first one you've ever heard just Gen X mom and I <laughs> together on. Yes. And, uh, look. and a little more deep, dark secrets of Gen X mom. Yeah. We didn't kill each other. I'm kind of a that. figment of their imagination. <laughs> you are a fig Newton of their imagination. That's yeah. right. Well, and we didn't go too deep. We didn't get too personal. We didn't talk about all the things you fucked up in life. We just talked about the ice cream and the volleyball in the backyard. Anyway, we got to go. I got to go right now. The music's probably coming up. So, Gen X Mom, why don't you tell everyone goodbye? Bye, everyone. Thanks for spending time with us. Thanks for wasting your hour with us here at Gen X Talks. And we will be back next Thursday. Same bat time, same bat channel. And we'll have something for you then. So, from everyone here at Gen X Talks, we're going to hang up. And guess what? We will catch all of you on the flip side. <laughs>